Welcome everybody to the sixth episode of Leading Mindset with Ali Payani. Today we are with George Mehdarian, founder and CEO of California Light Works, one of the leading LED grow lights manufacturer in the US. Uh, hello, George. Yeah, hello. How are you today? Yeah, great. Thanks for coming in. Of course, good to be here. Um, to, can you introduce yourself? How do you start with the uh, California Lightworks. Sure. And oh, what is it about? I mean, the California Lightworks for the audience to know the company. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, so um, we started the company in uh, 2010. Uh, California Lightworks manufactures LED based light fixtures uh, for the horticulture industry. Uh, so our lights are used by uh, horticulturists either indoor or in greenhouses to basically simulate the sun. Um, so anything that you can grow outdoors, you can also do in a controlled environment. And um, in a controlled environment in a building, you would need to, you know, have uh, enough lighting to basically uh, do what the sun does. And uh, that's what our lights are used for. So, um, you know, people use our lights for all kinds of different applications. But, uh, you know, obviously the big one now is uh, legal cannabis. Uh, so uh, that's driving our growth. It's been fueling it. Mm-hmm. Um, our fixtures range in size from uh, smaller units for personal use to large-scale units that are used in large commercial applications. And uh, we sell them uh, directly on our website as well as through distribution and uh, greenhouse manufacturers and other uh, distributors. Mm, great. So you started in 2010? Yeah, 2010 officially the company was launched, yeah. uh, but we, um, you know, the, the products were being designed and we tinkering uh, a couple of years before then. Mm-hmm. So the pro- first prototypes, I think we built in 2008, 2007, 2008 time frame. Uh, it took a couple of years to prove the product and mm-hmm. get it uh, into the right hands and make sure that we had something uh, yeah. solid before. We Solar started. Storm was the first um, No, so the first product we introduced uh, was called uh, Stealth LED. So uh, yeah, you know, we were struggling with the name for a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story actually. So um, at the time, uh, so just a little bit about my background. Uh, my background is electrical engineering. Uh, I used to work in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, right around the time when uh, you know we were prototyping these fi- uh, light fixtures, um, so I was uh, working for a large company and on the side on the weekends and nights um, I was uh, designing these uh, these light fixtures. Um, you know, uh, you have to have a passion for something. It's right. something that I really like to do. Uh, I always wanted to start something on the side along with uh, you know what I was doing during the day. So, um, so to that end, uh, you know, we, I researched uh, uh, LEDs. I, I, I knew there was an opportunity in the LED market uh, for something. I didn't quite know where the niche was going to be. Yeah. I wasn't going to compete with uh, large, you know, Philipses and uh, GEs at the time, uh, making light fixtures and, and for yeah. general lighting uh, applications. So, I wanted to f- figure out there, there's got to be a niche somewhere where we can uh, mm-hmm. design something uh, better. Uh, a little cheaper. But are those guys are going in the general market or the yeah, the general lighting? Initially, I was looking at the general lighting market. Yeah. It was at the time. Okay, so you know, uh, between two thousand and four and two thousand eight, uh, the LED uh, business in general was taking off. Yeah. Um, you know, incandescent light bulbs were slowly phased, being phased out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fluorescent light bulbs were you know, also you know towards the end of their life. Um, so LEDs were new. Mm-hmm. They were exciting, and everybody knew that at some point LEDs were going to take over. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that, right? Um, but I also uh, understood that in the LED, you know, business, if you look at it from the LED uh, dye manufacturers uh, to the integrators to the uh, fixture manufacturers, uh, there's an opportunity, uh, and where the opportunity would be to make the most money would be in the fixture area mm-hmm. because that's where you control uh, the majority of the, of the, you know, the money when when somebody's buying a, yeah. a fixture, right? So making components for these guys uh, would be a commodity business at some point, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I knew that the, the fixture is where the money was and that's where I wanted to be. To be. But um, the challenge was obviously, you know, uh, I knew that at some point that's going to be really competitive as well, right? Because it's, it's a big market. There's a lot of big companies coming into this uh, area. So uh, finding a niche opportunity in that fixture market was, was the key, right? Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to be in that space. Uh, so, so, you know, uh, as I was doing research, I started coming up with this uh, grow lights. You know, I'm like, what is grow, what are grow lights? Anymore? And I realized there's a big opportunity here. It's it's uh, relatively new. It's uh, it's developing, and um, LEDs could do what uh, you know the previous generation lights could not do. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they had they had uh, much higher efficiency. Uh, you could tune the spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, you can control them much better. You can turn them on and off. One of the challenges <laughs> when I was you know looking at, at this market, uh, the you know, established uh, light fixtures were uh, HPS, high pressure sodium lights. Yeah. And um, you know, if anybody has used high pressure sodium lights, they understand that when you turn them on, they have a warm up period, and um, you know, they, you have to wait for that warm up period, and then finally the lights, you know, gets to its highest efficiency and it starts running. Um, if you were to turn it off, you cannot immediately turn it back on. Mm. It, it'll um, go into this mode where you will basically burn the light bulb. So you have to wait a good 15, 20 minutes for it to completely cool down, and then you can start it back up. Is anyone is still using it? The market still has a lot of HPS. Yeah, I mean, they're inexpensive. Um, if you, you know, are low risk and you don't want to spend a lot of money on your initial fixture. Yeah, they, okay. it's, still, it's, still, yeah, it's still the market. <clears throat> but at the time, I was looking at this technology one. This is archaic compared to LEDs. I mean, yeah. LEDs, you can flick them on and off, you know, because at times, so it's not a problem. Um, the heat, right? So those bulbs get to the, you know, thousands of degrees. The bulb itself, you, know, you can't touch it. You know, that's, I, I'm looking at that going. Oh, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? So LEDs were definitely the way to go. So anyway, so you know, I looked at that uh, grow light market. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting area. Okay, so that, mm -hmm. this is something that combines a whole bunch of different um, aspects of science. So you have obviously the engineering of the light, uh, the LEDs, the power supply. The controls, the spectrum control, all of those things are fascinating to me. I, I know how to do that mm -hmm. really well. Uh, also, there's this uh, science of uh, plant science, basically, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, how do plants see the light? You know, that's new and that's going to evolve over time and, and then we're going to be right there. So, all of those things were, were really exciting and so I, I saw the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, so, I made the first few uh, prototypes at the time and uh, now the question is, you know, how do you roll this out, right? How do you get it out to the market? Yeah. How, do you, how, do you, how do you make this into a company? So um, uh, it so happened that I had a, uh, a business at the time. Um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, mm -hmm. so uh, I've always had something on the side. Something on the side. So at the time, it was a, uh, a sheet metal working company. We were making uh, sheet metal parts for the food service equipment industry. Um, my brother was running it uh, day to day, and you know, I was kind of overseeing it uh, again nights and weekends. Uh, but so you were also working in the yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, my day job was um, you know. I was a marketing manager at a company called Synopsis in uh, Silicon Valley. So, um, you know, I was doing that during the day, and then, you know, any spare time I had, um, I would be overseeing uh, the operation of the shoe metal working company. Yeah. And that, you know, we were doing okay. You know, we had about uh, 10, 15 employees, uh, about a million a year in sales. And it was a decent uh, business. It wasn't growing, uh, but it was, you know, it was there. Uh, so having that was great because now I could use this uh, infrastructure as uh, an incubator, so to speak, uh, for the LED business. Mm -hmm. right? That was my goal, um, and you know, at some point, hopefully, overtake uh, that business and kind of you know move on. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. But uh, at the time, obviously, I didn't see how big the opportunity was going to be in the yeah. LED uh, grow lighting. Um, so anyway, um, so we made the prototypes, and okay, now we've got to figure out how to get this thing out to the market. So first thing I did was, you know, I gave it to a couple of my friends. I said, okay, well, you will test it, let mm -hmm. you know what your, what your feedback was. Feedback wasn't great. You know, they, they didn't know what they were doing, and they, they you know, so I was a little discouraged, just, yeah. just a little initially. But then uh, I went into uh, Craig Adams, uh, my uh, VP of uh, marketing. Uh, so um, he was doing the same thing. He was also looking at this from a different angle. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, one of the reps for the LED, uh, the, you know, the LED diodes happened to put us in touch with each other. Yeah. Because uh, he was calling them asking for LEDs. I'm like, okay, what do you know about LEDs? Oh, well, you know, I'm trying to put this thing together. Well, that's so, how you met That's how, Craig. I, yeah, that's how I met Craig. So the guy goes, look, you know, this guy knows how to sell, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's got the sales side. And, you know, you've got the manufacturing side, you guys should talk. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's an introduction, you know. <laughs> you, you get introduced to a gazillion people a day, right? You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was one of the best introductions, obviously, because it totally worked out. Um, anyway, so he was also looking at this, but he was also connected with uh, the growers, right? Mm -hmm. So he understood how to, you know, he was already, he had gone to Oxford University, he understood yeah. how to grow, uh, you know, a pot at the time. And um, there was a whole underground, uh, you know, cannabis operation, you know, all over Southern yeah. California. I was, I was not connected to any of that, right? So, you know, he was, he was there. Mm. Uh, we, um, so, you know, he liked the prototype. When I gave him the prototype, he really liked it. So, um, he had a store, he had a hydroponic store at the time. He goes, let me put it at the store and see if we can sell these. 
I go, well, how many should I make? He goes, well, I don't know, how much money do you have? <laughs> Let's start with 300 fixtures. Okay, so we're going to make 300 lights. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of money for yeah. somebody. But, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to take the risk. We're going to take this risk and see, see what happens. So we made 300. And um, actually, I think we made 100 first. And then... Uh, this is 2000? This is 2008, 2009 time frame. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, so, so he took the first 100 units. Uh, he put them in the store. And then... Uh, Two weeks later, he calls me. Well, George, I need more. <laughs> no, he's okay. So long. All right. <laughs> okay. This is good. Um, so I give him another. We did another two hundred, I think. So anyway, after you know a month or so, he had sold the whole first three hundred fixtures. Mm. So there was a lot of interest in the market uh, in this new LED technology. Mm. Um, everybody had used HPS before. Um, LEDs were new. They were exciting. Everybody was you know okay, let me try it. Uh, and they worked really well in the vegetative phase of uh, plant growth. Um, you know, again, I didn't know. And so I'm trying to learn and try to adapt and try to, you know, improve the fixture so we can do everything that customers want, want us to do. So anyway, so going back to, we noticed that there's an opportunity and there's also a pain point. Mm -hmm. So customers have this need for a better light. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of them are concerned, you know, especially the underground growers at the time. Yeah. They were really concerned about the heat and the you know potential uh, risk of fire. Mm. Uh, there were plenty of stories. And the energy. Well, yeah. So so the, okay, well, when it's underground, right, it's quote unquote illegal. Uh, yeah. uh, you're worried about two things. Like one is uh, getting caught by the electrical company because you're using too much power, <laughs> or you know uh, an accidental fire yeah. happens and then the fire department shows up and so she's what you're doing, right? So LED solved both of those problems. Mm. I mean. I wasn't encouraging people to do something illegal, but the, the market was there. It works. You have to go where the market is, right? Um, so, it, you know, in a way, it was uh, coming from Silicon Valley, you know, everything's you know, clean, kosher, you know, coming to this underground industry it was a little strange, just to mm. speak. But look, I looked at it from, um, okay, I'm starting a business. It's, uh, it's, it's an opportunity today. It's a jumping point because um, I also understood that eventually, um, this technology is not only used to be used for cannabis, it's going to be used for everything. Mm -hmm. And that's still my vision, by the way, that, um, you know, the, the planet's growing, the, the population is growing, and um, we're not going to have uh, enough, uh, you know, land to grow enough food yeah. for the entire population over the long term. Yeah. So we need, we need something new, and, uh, you know, vertical farming is relatively new today. Um, I totally believe that that's a solution, because mm -hmm. you can grow in urban centers, you can grow close to population centers, um, you know, it's, at some point we can do it uh, more you know, more cost effectively. Mm -hmm. We can do it with less uh, water. Uh, the water usage is also an issue, right? So all of those things could be solved over time uh, with uh, a controlled environment agriculture, and lighting is a key part of that, right? But even people like growing like vegetables at home. Yeah, well, of course. Plants or absolutely. Yeah, you can do that. Um, you know, uh, but I'm talking about doing it at a mass scale mm -hmm. and doing it for you know. The, to feed for the population, right? So I think eventually this is where it's going. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why I kind of saw the vision was at the time, okay, well, you know, today it's cannabis and tomorrow it's going to be, you know, tomatoes, cucumbers and, mm -hmm. you know, leafy greens and all that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we did those, you know, after the first 300 units were gone, you know, we got really good feedback from the uh, growers, okay, so mm -hmm. they really loved it. Um, you know, the, the, the price was a little high and that's, you know, with any new technology, the price is always going to be high initially. Um, and then they also said that uh, it's working really well in the vegetative phase, but mm -hmm. um, in, um, in flowering, it's not really delivering results. But even for vegetative alone, you know, that's still a, a big opportunity. You know, we saw that. Mm -hmm. So after that, um, now that we have enough feedback, um, we kind of realized there's an opportunity here. Um, at the time, Craig ended up uh, becoming a, uh, an executive at a distribution company. Mm. That was in Riverside at the time called RM Supply. Mm. So RM Supply um, was a hydroponic distribution uh, company, and you know he was uh, uh, Craig was a you know, he knew the owners at the time, so you know, he, they needed somebody like him to run the operation. So mm. he went in and he introduced um, the, you know, the LED fixture to them. Um, you know they were they got really excited. So I figured it's it's a new product. They wanted, they, you know distributors are always looking for something new to put into yeah. their lineup, into their catalog, and then. And especially with um, high-tech items where there's a lot of margin for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were super excited. Um, so, you know, we looked at it at the time and they go, okay, well, they took a risk and they said, okay, well, we'll give you an order for a thousand lights. 
So, you know, a thousand fixtures. <clears throat> At the time, I think we were selling for around $250, $300 a unit. So it was, you know, a substantial amount of um, mm. money for me to go, okay, okay, I have my day job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, does it make sense now to, you know, make a business out of this, right? Mm. Just quit the day job and go after this uh, full time. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough decision. You know, I was making good money you know, mm. doing what I was doing at Synopsis. Um, but, uh, you know. Uh, How long did it take? From at the time that you decided to like go to the LED, mm -hmm. and then to the point that you decided to quit your job. Quit my job. Um, well, okay. So again, I wasn't doing it full. You know, I wasn't doing it aggressively mm -hmm. every day, right? So it was you know a few hours here and there, uh, but probably I'd say a year and a half at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's almost the point that uh, we see is again. As we discussed before sure. for the show was yeah. like the lack of patience maybe yeah, yeah, some of the entrepreneurs. Yeah, look, you know, uh, I, I, and I totally understand that. Yeah, I've been there, right? So in my twenties, I was like that too, and mm. uh, I wanted things now. I wanted to make sure you know, things worked really well. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of anecdotes. Mm. Uh, uh, before, in my during college, mm. uh, I was supporting myself. I, I paid my you know college tuition all by myself, and when I graduated, I had zero debt. So it was you know so I was very proud of that. Um, but I did that by doing uh, work on the side, and the work that I did, you know, I had a small company, and I did uh, window coverings. Mm -hmm. I was doing vertical blinds, um, you know. So it was a, uh, a fabrication company that I had, small, you know, myself and a couple other guys. Uh, so I would go to homes, measure their windows, and then come to the little. Uh, garage that I had, yeah. and I would cut these up uh, and fabricate them, uh, custom make them, right? Mm -hmm. It was a great business, you know, I made uh, enough money to, you know, pay my intuition and mm -hmm. uh, I, I, uh, I put myself through college. So, um, I remember, uh, you know, I did, so this entrepreneurial thing, how do you get customers, right? So, I'm like, okay, well, now let's go and do mailings, okay? Uh, mailings, so mailings are great, right? At the time, you know, there was no email, you got to understand this is the early 90s. Emails brand new, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, there are there's no website, there's no you know, so everything was being done the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So um, you know, sending uh, actually you know mail. snail mail uh, to, to customers mm -hmm. was was one of the avenues of, of getting customers, right? So I remember secretary. So voicemail was new. Believe it or not, back then, yeah. So <laughs> we're talking way back. So um, I had a voicemail so, you know, thing set up, uh, and people didn't know that it was a voicemail. They thought they're calling an office and leaving mm. a message at a, mm. on a messaging machine, sure. right? So, and then you know, as soon as the voicemail came in, I would be notified. I would be in class, and you know, I'd step out, check the voicemail, call the customer back, oh. and I was to go back in class. So, you know, anyway, so this was set up in a way, kind of like you know, officeless, you know, the, the companies of the, of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so you know, I'm like, okay, we're gonna send out mailers, okay? So. I went and bought these stickers uh, for the company. The company was selling uh, mailing lists for mm -hmm. people who just bought homes. Anybody who just bought a home, yeah. you know, registered uh, in the county, they would get their names and they would send you these pressure sensitive stickers. And their stickers, they're not, you know, you're not getting a spreadsheet. You're yeah. getting actual stickers, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a one time use also. You know, they, they tell you, you know, you can't sell this to anybody else. You gotta mm -hmm. use it only once. And then I go, well, how do you enforce it? Well, apparently, in, the, in this list, they also had a few. Um, addresses that come to them. Oh, so, so they wanted time, to make sure that every time you use it, they would know oh, they that you use it. And if you do it more than once, you know, it comes to you and say, oh, no, listen, mm -hmm. you know, you're using it twice, it goes more money. Anyway, it was interesting. Um, so we got these labels and I'm putting, I'm putting together these numbers. So what do you put in here? How do you make this attractive? You know, so it was a learning experience, but coming back to this, you know, not having patience, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna send these out. I want customers yeah. now, right? So, you know, you said, okay, well, sometimes it takes, you know, a week to a week and a half for them to get the letter, right? And sometimes you don't get a call back from that customer for a month, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months, maybe sometimes six months later, right? It's not like, you know, email where you send an email and then you know exactly who opened it when, and, you know, yeah. there's this email that's just, you know, you have a six hour window. And in six hours, you know how effective your mailing was. Right. Well, back in the day, it took six months to know, <laughs> you know, it was not fun. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, mean, I had to learn to be patient. That was uh, something. So I maybe did. that, so maybe that's one of the things that, you knew that you have to have the patient. You are. Because somewhere I, I read that the problem with the millennials is that we grew up in the technology world that everything is fast. Absolutely. When you wanted to order something on Amazon, I mean, like, it's a long no, click. I completely tomorrow, understand. Tomorrow yeah. is like Absolutely. shipping. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, okay, look, um, the, uh, you know, the, you always want that to be fast, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're younger, you always want that to be fast. But, you know, 
there was no such thing. It was fast. So, you know, you have to learn to be patient. Um, so, yeah, you, you now, you know, unfortunately, 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 technology is such that it's reinforcing that, mm-hmm. that, that need to be, you know, oh, I want to travel now. I want to know exactly what's going on. Um, so that, uh, you know, is making them want the results also to come fast, right? right? So because everything else is happening quickly, they kind of want the results to happen quickly. And, you know, unfortunately, that's not how it works in the, in the business world. Yeah. The business world, it takes, it takes time for, there's this dynamic that builds, right? So, you know, you build a brand, uh, where the mouth goes out, the, you know, the, you know, how people think of your company, the, the, the image of your company has to develop. Right. People have to trust you before they get And then keep money. improving all those. Of course. So, so that's always the challenge. So yeah, you, know, you have to be patient. Patience is very, very important in business, right? I mean, yeah, of course, there are plenty of examples of, oh, somebody made it really fast and you know, within a few months mm-hmm. they built the company. Yeah, okay, those are the exception. You know, the rule and the majority of the, you know, businesses that were built. They say, uh, what is it, uh, Rome wasn't built overnight, right? Yeah, so, right. You know, it, took, it took a long time, you know, and businesses are like that, right? It is. And, um, you know, and, and, you know it, uh, patience is very important, but also uh, passion is important. I think it's even more important. You know, if you don't have the passion for what right. you're doing, you're not going to have the patience, right? Yeah. So, you know, if, if your drive is not there, um, you're going to get discouraged. You know, after the first couple yeah. of failures, you're going to go, okay, well, you know, this is not it, no, no, okay, well. If you fail, it stops. Mm-hmm. That story ends as soon as you know you say, you know, I don't want it anymore. It's done. You know, the story will only become a story is when you do persevere, right? So when you yeah. when you um, you know say, okay, well, I'm not it. it's that uh, you know they call it the reset button, right? So every day you go, okay, I'm gonna set the reset button and forget exactly. about what happened before. I'm gonna start today fresh and, and you know learn from everything I've done yeah. and move forward. But um, you know you're gonna have the, the, yeah. the drive to do that. And I believe as as you grow your company, also it should be continued to have those patients or the like the risk. Oh yeah, it's a brand, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, look, um, the, the smart mammals school told me that it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So we also know it's gonna be downs and and in every aspect of the business, whether it's you know getting customers, whether it's your financing, whether it's um you know product development, all of those things are going to go in cycles. You know, the seven you're going to say, oh, I have more customers that I know what to do with. And then there's going to be a month where you're going to go, you know, oh, holy shit, are we going to survive? How are we going to get the next right. set of customers, right? And that's it's just like that. So you got to, you know, during the downtime, you have mm-hmm. the patience to, to say, okay, you know, I know it's going to change because it's happened and that's, that's a cycle and, uh, you know, just... Uh, uh, Was it time in, at California Libraries that happened to you? Many times, are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it, it never ends, and no matter what stage you're in, mm. right? Um, you know, I big companies go through this sometimes, right? right. They just start the doubting, you know, are they going to be in business the next few years? So, look, you got to believe in what you're doing, you got to also, yeah. have confidence that that's going to change and then continue doing it. Well, that's uh, that's always going to be the case, yeah. That's the same thing for us, same here, you know, sure, it's yeah, so, we always tell our prospects or clients that they come or like the companies come for consultation. Sure. You know, we also tell them like a part of only the online marketing or like improving your online marketing. There would, be, there would be a time that you have like business issues or even the marketing issues that should be solved, that should be improved. So mm-hmm. I think the, um, the something that people should find is like to find the solution rather than just focus on the problem. <laughs> and they think that's going to be like... Uh, Going to be exist for all the time, and then they maybe like quit. Yeah, yeah. what they do, they get discouraged, of course. What was the biggest like the challenge you faced, let's say, with with, uh, with California? Yeah. So you know, the challenges were, were there uh, from the beginning. Um, so um, uh, the biggest challenge for us was convincing people that our technology worked. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of skepticism. Mm-hmm. So what happened? You know, I was uh, explaining to you about the initial uh, first. Uh, products that we've introduced in the market. Yeah. So, you know, people love them. But at the same time, uh, there was a big flood of cheap, uh, low-end um, you know, uh, products made overseas, China, mm-hmm. that were flooding the market. People were bringing them in at, you know, really low prices and claiming that they can achieve miracles, right? Yeah. Um, so, a lot of people bought these and tested them and they got burned. And they said, okay, no, this is not going to work. So. When that happens in an industry, it's really tough to recover from that because now we're battling this image, right, mm-hmm. of, of these products that don't work. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and of course they um, over uh, oversold them on 
on the features and, and, the, and the results. Um, so now we have to come in with realistic expectations and say, look, um, yeah, you know, you can't use 100 watts to replace a 1,000 watt HID. I mean, yeah, maybe in general lighting you can do that, right? In general lighting, that was the case. That's kind of where the um, marketing messages were coming from. So they were looking at, um, you know, incandescent bulbs. Right? Mm -hmm. So take an incandescent bulb, for example. Uh, the 60 watt bulb you can replace with a six watt, six watt LED. So literally 10x, mm -hmm. um, you know, reduction in power, right? And that was true. That was true. You know, you can take the number of lumens that uh, the output of the, the 60 watt is. Yeah. You can replace. Maybe it wasn't 60 watts at the time. It was, you know, whatever, you know, 10 watts. But it was a huge, you know, dramatic uh, reduction right. in power. Well, so people saw that general lighting. Like, oh, this is great. You know, we can, we can reduce the power. Mm -hmm. Well. With HID, it wasn't like that. HID was pretty efficient to begin with. You know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a different type of light. I mean, it's, there was a reason why street lights were using high pressure sodium, and uh, you know, they, they were relatively efficient. So we're coming in to try to replace a relatively efficient mm -hmm. light with an LED, which is even more efficient, but it's not. There's no way this, you're going to see this 10x reduction in mm -hmm. power. But the people who didn't understand the technology, they made these uh, low end lights from China. They brought them into the market and um, claimed that you can do that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, no matter what the price is, if somebody says you have a 10x you know, reduction yeah, in power, you you're going to jump on the it, same right? result. Yeah, well, yeah, and then obviously they did this, right? So they paid this all this money for these LEDs and these guys were fly-by-night companies that mm -hmm. didn't exist after that. But uh, so, you know, the growers got burned. So when they got burned, you have to overcome this mental, you know, state of, oh, no, this LED is not so The minute people saw these, oh, don't forget it. You know, they, you, they put you in the same class as everybody else. Yeah. So you asked me what the biggest challenge was. The biggest challenge was overcoming this, uh, you know, this image, this uh, uh, perception issue. You're just another LED company. No, mm -hmm. you're not. Okay, we are California Lightworks. We yeah. are, you know, uh, an LED made here in the U.S. with help with the local growers. So building that, figuring out what the messaging should be and how to you know position it in the customer's mind so they understand, oh, this is not the same old, you know, LED that we used before, this is something new. So um, it took a while, yeah, it took a while to, to do that. And, uh, took and do you think it should be continued because always like increasing, yeah, yeah. educating? The Absolutely, not, not always, easy, but, but it gets easier, right? Um, that's, you know, the beginning of this stuff is getting that, that message out. But once you break through and all now, what happens is the word of mouth starts spreading, right? So now everybody's talking about your product and they go, hold on. And then the minute they hear that brand, they go, oh no, of course, of course it works. Mm. You know, we heard about this, of course it works, right? So, you know, one success after the other, then obviously making sure that successes are well publicized, right? How do you, how do you, how do you get the message out? Now you have a message and you know you have a good success story. How do you make sure that everybody reads it and sees it, right? So, you know, initially you don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You can't hire the best PR companies to get that message out for you. So you got to figure out what the, you know, some of the guerrilla marketing techniques that are to get this message out. And, um, you know, the good news with every business has its uh, mm -hmm. angle, right? So in our case, it was the underground market. So underground market was, these people did talk to each other all the time. They, they, they communicate, it was a community. Yeah. So once you broke into that community and they, you know, they believed in your product, you know, it, it, that, the word got out, right? So that was uh, relatively easy. Well, how do you see the future of the industry? So, um, yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's, it's um, you know, nothing. Because like every state now, they are their own. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, nothing about blue skies right now. For us, so um, we have, uh, obviously, not just the US, but globally, we see mm -hmm. a big uh, push to uh, towards legalization of cannabis. So that's, that's fueling our growth uh, big time. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of things going on. So on the one hand, we talked about uh, the old technology, high-pressure sodium versus LEDs, right? So high-pressure sodium is on its way down. So, you know, every new installation that we see um, is looking at these two technologies and they're, you know, there's no comparison. I think they're, they're mostly going to go with LEDs. So that's one. Um, existing companies, uh, the, 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 you know, uh, operations mm -hmm. that, so these fixtures have a life, typically five years, six, I know, the HPS fixtures. Yeah. So once they, you know, that life is done and they're looking at uh, replacing the, LED, the, the fixtures, they're not going to go with different fixtures, right? They're going to go with LEDs. Mm -hmm. So, so on the one hand, you have this, this curve where you know all the all the HPS fixtures need to be replaced with LED, mm -hmm. and then on the other hand, you have this you know massive uh, you know demand for LED because the new facilities are opening up, right? So you know put those two together, and then you can see this uh, almost uh, you know exponential mm -hmm. uh, uh, potential growth for us. So, so that's one. Um, obviously, there's competition also, right? So you know, that 
sense, you know, you know you've got the temper that that growth will will drive that money. So that's that's on the cannabis side, and I see a much bigger application, as I told you, uh, in vertical farming. So I think vertical farming is, um, you know, in the next decade, is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. uh, we see um, with all the trade war going on, each country is you know, trying to be, you know, food independent, uh, food chain, supply chain independent. So you know, there's massive in, you know, investment right now in China and trying to you know, build their own greenhouses mm -hmm. so they can grow their own crops uh, and you know, not have to rely on other countries to send them their food supply. So you know, uh, that's happening globally too, right? So you know, in countries where uh, you know the latitude, uh, you know, the higher latitude countries where you know, they don't mm -hmm. have enough sunlight, they're going to need some kind of supplemental lighting, even greenhouses. Um, you know, LEDs are going to be the solution for that. So you know, we see globally, we see a huge demand, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just a matter for us to understand what the customer requirements are, uh, build the products that you know uh, solve the customer's problems, uh, and uh, make sure that we execute on that. Right? And so, individuals can use your products too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we have um, so on our website you'll see there's uh, three different types of products we make. Mm -hmm. So um, we, you know, when we started, we, we did the only market was individual, right? So mm -hmm. everything was underground. Everybody was growing their own. So that's where we started. So we understand the market really well, but we have products for that market. We have products for the indoor commercial, um, you know, professional growers. So you know, these are you know hundreds of lights in, in buildings. So we have a, a, a higher end version of our light for that application. Um, it has uh, it's a smart light with spectrum control, uh, so you can pre-program the spectrum uh, to mimic the sun, mimic the seasons, um, you know, throughout, or you can mimic the sunrise and sunset. We could do a lot of you know cool things with our lights, and then we also have the, the product for the greenhouse market. So the greenhouse supplemental uh, lighting uh, is also we see as a mm -hmm. potentially big opportunity. So so all three of those uh, markets we, we participate in. Right? Okay, great. Uh, a little bit about the mindset. Sure. Uh, what do you think, or what would be your tips for, let's say, um, young entrepreneurs or someone that wanted to start a business? Whether in the LED or manufacturing or the new like products or designing the new clothes line, mm -hmm. so what would be your um, advice to them? If you want to say like let's say three important stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because what I'm thinking is I'm always telling people like in consultations or like as a mentor is there is the business issues that we have to know about and have the skills. Mm -hmm. There is entrepreneurship skills we have to have. There's some personal stuff that you have to figure it out, you know, mm -hmm. like for your mindset to yeah, how to yeah. become, how to remain calm in some situations, you know, sure, how sure. to figure out the stuff, how to solve the problem. Sure, sure. So there are a lot of like angles if you're looking at the being an entrepreneur or running a business. Yeah, of course. And something that my aim is for new entrepreneurs or business owners is to make sure that you have, you're working on all of this stuff. You don't have to have it right away. Mm -hmm. but Make sure that if you wanted to come to the entrepreneurship world, you can address some of these issues <laughs> or like fix things. Well, what would be those factors? Yeah. yeah. So, so look. Um, first of all, you know, what is an entrepreneur, right? So I ask myself this, this question sometimes. Everybody's all oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Like, well, what, what what is that really? Well, you know, entrepreneur is, is a risk taker, right? Is somebody who is uh, who wants to, you know. Build something, do something that that requires potentially a lot of risk. Uh, there's a lot of downside if it doesn't work. Um, so you, you got to have the passion for that. You got to mm -hmm. really be driven, right? Day to day, every every morning you have to wake up, regardless of you know uh, what failures happened before. You got to say, okay, I'm I'm ready to do this. So um, so the passion and the dedication have to absolutely be there. Um, if you don't have the stomach for that, if you would rather you know have a much more comfortable job, and, and by the way, not everybody does, right? So yeah. even though you know you're right, the millennials today, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, and you know I, I would like to say that I, I would never discourage anybody. I would say, um, okay, here's one thing to, uh, from a mindset standpoint: you definitely don't want to. Uh, look back at your life in your 30s, 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. and go back and say, I wish I had done this, right? So not having regret is right. absolutely important. Mm -hmm. So to that end, um, yes, absolutely. If you want to, if you have an idea, you want to do something, do it. Do it. It's okay. Because even if you fail, at least when you go look back, you go, 
you know, yeah, you I wish I could, I could I yeah. say I was shook and I've yeah. done that, right? So, so to me, uh, you know, it's just to kind of, you know, reflect on my life. So I, I look back and it was, you know, it was in my, you know, mid, mid late thirties when I started California Lightworks. Uh, you know, I, I, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, well, if not now, then, right? I, I have this great job. Uh, I mean, I can probably, you know, I had this discussion with my boss. I'll be, you know, ask me where I see myself in five years. I go, oh, I want to be VP. He goes, well, it's not going to happen. You know, he literally told me that's not going to happen at this large company. Mm-hmm. I go, well, how long do I have to wait? He goes, well, maybe 10, 15 years. I'm like, well, I don't know where to 10, 15 years, you know, so I want to do it now. But, you know, that's why I ask myself, if I don't do it now, you know, when am I going to do it? I'm not going to do it in 10, 15 years. Right? So, mm-hmm. so uh, you don't want to have that, you know. So if you have that uh, desire to, to start something, do something, do it, that's fine. You know, if you fail, it's okay. You're going to learn from that. Now. There's no, that's never a loss. Uh, yeah. Failure is actually, you know, uh, that's an office we used to say. Um, we want to we want to see failure fast. Mm-hmm. You know, s- fast failure is great. You know, slow prolonged failure is bad because now you lost all that time and then you realize you failed. So so you want to fail fast if you fail, mm-hmm. um, and then you can then just pick up and, and learn and, and then move on and, and you know improve on that. So you know, yeah, not having regrets is very important mindset wise. So you know, definitely do it. But you know, you may realize that okay, well, you learn that you're not cut out for this. Um, there are. Uh, the other mindset, you know, when you're young, it doesn't, you don't realize this, but uh, there's a big sacrifice you make when you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, if you aren't really dedicated to your business, it's an all-consuming affair. Right. That means, you know, the losing sleep at night, that means, you know, working weekends, working nights, whatever it takes, yeah. right? So if you have that drive, that's what's going to happen. Now, in your personal life, there's a lot of things that will, unfortunately, have, you have to compromise in order to do that, uh, whether it's friends when you're young, whether it's your family when you're um, older. So, you know, you gotta be ready for that. Um, you know, you gotta figure out a way to balance. Obviously, um, your life obviously will go insane. But um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's something to be prepared for. New I was watching a new podcast, and it was uh, the guest was saying uh, it was just a short conversation. I don't know what was the name, but mm-hmm. it was saying that mainly like people maybe look at the entrepreneurship because they are looking for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but, but the point is, maybe you can have, you can get those freedom by like being a manager of a company, rather than like well, being. Um, okay. You want to you want to have freedom? Go live in an island and, uh, and isolate yourself from the world, and you have all the freedom. Yeah, don't, don't, don't live in Los Angeles. Right? You know, you, you'll have all the freedom in the world, but uh, your work would be, your life would be worthless. Um, so yeah, you know, what is it that you want to do in life? Um, you know, to me, uh, they go, oh yeah. You Everybody wants to, you know, make money and retire, retire, retire early. Oh, that's the thing, you retire early. Mm. Okay, and then what? And then what do you do? Oh, I want to travel the world. Okay, well, yeah. And that gets boring after a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, there, there, there's all kinds of ways I can stay busy. Okay, that gets boring too after a while. Being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, building companies is exciting. Um, I remember it was uh, Michael Dell. Uh, it was the early days of uh, Dell when you know, we were seeing a lot of success. Uh, there was a student who raised his hand and he goes, oh, you know, you, your company's worth X many billion dollars, why don't you cash out and go sail the Pacific? He goes, sail the Pacific? He goes, I've already done that and it's boring. <laughs> he goes, do you know how much fun it is to run a billion dollar company? <laughs> no, not everybody knows how much fun it is to run a billion dollar company. You know, you know, but he was right. So, you know, if you have that passion and you want to build it, the reward that comes with, uh, you know, building something yeah. with your business is, um, it's not something you can get by, you know, Sitting at a beach, um, sitting on right. So um, I think that that's one of the thing. I mean, because for us, when I when I face the challenges, I'm more happy in the company. Yeah, yeah, you know, when I know that there's a problem that should be solved, yeah, yeah, you know, you're gonna be like more motivated to do to do so, right, rather right. than say like uh, you have heard this that say, yeah, why don't you go to like a beach like on Sunday or Saturday? Why are you going to the office? Right. So it's say like this is more fun. You know, to, to be here, you know, you're going to you know, be more you know, enjoyed. When you're, look, when you're an entrepreneur, you're not working for a company, nobody's telling you what to do. You do because you know, if somebody tells you to be here on Sunday, why are you here? Yeah. It's not because, you know, you think you have to, because you want to be here. You know, mm-hmm. you're enjoying it. That's, that's the thing. Um, no, but, yeah, look, um, uh, you know, and, and meanwhile, the responsibility would be at No, for sure. Because for there's sure. nobody else. No, for sure. Right. Look, at the end of the day, the bills have to be paid, right? So, you know, if, if you're not doing the job, like, uh, I tell this to my guys all the time. I, you know, and look, it, when as your company grows and you hire people, uh, you, you gotta you gotta lead by example. 
you gotta, you know, you gotta roll up your sleeves and, and do stuff for yourself. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you can't say, oh, I'm the CEO, you know, I'm gonna delegate, delegate all this. Yeah, that's great. You know, sometimes you have to step away and let people do work, but then uh, you have to know how to do it yourself too. And sometimes you, you know, there are times when I'm on the production floor, I'm building lights myself because you know something went wrong and I gotta figure it out. And I, gotta, I gotta do it. So, uh, so that's important. Uh, so, from the mindset, the mindset standpoint, yes. So, there's a lot of sacrifices you have to be ready for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you absolutely gotta make sure you're cut out for this, and you have to have the passion for it. If you don't love it, at the end of the day, then you know, this is not for you, right? If you're not enjoying yourself you know, on a Sunday, you know, when your friends are watching the game, you know, you're out know, here doing work, you know, I, yeah, you know. Everybody. Well, I saw the video that when my team was shooting the video at your factory. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of the footage that it was 9 p.m. something. Then I saw you at the corner of the factory. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was an issue with one of the machines. Like the everybody was left, and yeah, then you were working on that. Yeah, no, there's, that happens quite a bit, right? So uh, it's one of the things I, I enjoy doing, right? So uh, it's just an anecdote here. Um, so one of the areas that I know really well is electronics. So I, you know, we build circuit boards and mm. at the factory. So uh, you know, that's something that I, I know how to do really well. And it's one of our fortes is in that we. We can do all of that in house. Also, our competitors uh, bring those components from overseas. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, one of the first things that I did is I brought up what's called the pick and place SFT machine, mm-hmm. uh, and I set it up myself. And I had not done that professionally, you know, for the companies that I worked for. But you know, if you're an engineer, you can figure it out. But mm-hmm. you know, again, this, that, that's exciting to me. You know, sitting there and figuring out how this machine works and programming yeah. it, you know, that, that to me, is, you know, it, it gives me joy seeing it you know, almost. You spend the time and it starts working. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of the people in the, in the factory that does that. Yeah. So, you know, something breaks down, I have to go fix it and I'll go do it. Do, do you think that growing a company is harder when you started or like now that you're growing faster and faster? Yeah, so like the challenges are different, mm. uh, but the, the core, you know, the skill set and, and the dedication and all of that is the same, right? So, yeah, the challenges are different in the sense that, um, yeah, well, now you have revenue, now you got to be a little bit more, you have to learn how to delegate more, mm-hmm. right? So the bigger the company, you have to learn how to let go of certain things, otherwise you can't, you know, you cannot continue growing, right? Mm-hmm. It'll limit your growth because your, your time is limited. That's one of the things you learn right, as a, you know, as a build, the CEO of a company is, um, you know, only have so many, so many hours in a day, even if you work 24 hours, it's only 24 hours, you can't push any further than that, right? Yeah, it's not eight hours, okay, fine, so you're working 12 or 15, but then, you know, it's, it's, you can't go any more than that. So you have to figure out how to uh, scale the company, and the only way to do that is to delegate, is to create, you know, start letting go of certain tasks, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, that happens on every aspect. So you, you realize what your forte is, and then you kind of focus mostly on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also sometimes, like, I'll give you an example. Of, uh, a friend of mine also has a company about the same size as mine. Um, he said, uh, look, uh, he's an engineer as well. And he goes, I, I want to be CTO. I don't want to be CEO. He goes, I want to hire a CEO. And, you know, I, that floored me. I, I, I had never thought about, you know, potentially stepping away from the CEO role and having somebody else run home. Yeah, that may happen. You may get to that scale, and mm-hmm. like where you go, I want to do this stuff. This is not what my you know strength is. My strength is in the technology side, and mm-hmm. I want to step away and only focus on product development and let somebody else run the company. So you know that's the, you know that's something you have to figure out. When you're small, there's no choice like that. You, know, yes, you have to be like, <laughs> you have to be everything. Yeah. You have to be you know CFO, CEO. Right? So yeah, I mean the challenges are different, um, uh, but obviously you still have to. The dedication and the passion has to always be there. Mm-hmm. Do, do you say like for the entrepreneurs or like business owners that uh, think that they have to have an impact when they produce by their products and or they want to do something versus the people that think of like what product can sell more? Let's find a product that sell more versus the mindset of saying yeah. like Look, um, have so a product that can help. Sure. So. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make a difference and you want to feel good about what you're doing, right? So some people can say, okay, I feel good by making money, regardless of what it is, right? So, and if that is, you know, you can sleep better at night doing that, that's fine with you. With, with you, that's fine. Uh, to me, uh, I enjoy solving a problem, mm. right? I look at it from a customer standpoint. Always, and that's something you learn uh, over time in, in marketing especially is, okay, what is the customer's pain point? What is it that we're trying to do? And, 
And if we solve that problem and you make that customer feel better, um, you know, that can, you know, accelerate your company's growth much, much better and faster than anything else, right? So, uh, so to that end, it also makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, you know, it's more rewarding seeing right. your, your, your product in action, uh, you know, doing something good. Right uh, in the early days, yeah, uh, there were it some, some, yeah, there were some some cancer patients, for example, that were benefiting from medical cannabis, and um, you know they loved their products because it was simple to use. It was you know they didn't have to worry about the heat and whatnot. So you know when you get um, emails like that from a customer that says you know use your product, we were able to grow this medicine and you know and help us quite a bit in our life. You know that that is rewarding. That's priceless, right? So yeah. and you know. If you believe in karma, I know that's 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 you know part of you know what you do yeah. and the reason why you do what you do, right? So you know, you're, you're, yeah, you, of course you're making money doing it, but it's also having an impact. So uh, to me, and personally, to me, obviously, you want to have uh, you know some reason for doing what you're doing, and, and that's you know if it's helping people, then obviously that's more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I agree on all this. Something I mean for myself, I mean I really don't think. When I'm in discussion with the friends or like the people that ask me about the company or how to run a business, how to start a business, this is something that I hear a lot. You know, how to start a business, and then like being an entrepreneur, how cool is being an entrepreneur? Something they realize that I really don't think of how cool it is or not. The only thing that I'm thinking is not even like not knowing myself as an entrepreneur. The only thing I'm thinking is like now I have this company and I have the, you know, like growing no, up. Of now there's a task that. Comes yeah, to the right. mind that all yeah. of the stuff that you have to do tomorrow. Yeah. So we're basically, not, don't we're, not, we're not rock stars, right? So you know, people do become rock stars because of the fame, and you know they want to you know, yeah. get the you know the recognition and they'll be cool. Yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, if that's what if, you have, if your goal is to be cool, you know, don't be an entrepreneur because that's <laughs> not that's not for you. Um, so that's yeah. basically not something that didn't happen. Not necessarily sure because, like, as you said. Entrepreneurs or CEOs or the CEOs of companies that are working like every day, Saturday, Sundays maybe, so that there is no time, a lot of like sacrifices. Sure. So there's a long way to go, and then there's a lot of like sacrifices, and there's nothing cool about it. Look, yes, absolutely, that's true. But, but the point of being cool is like the feeling that we have ourselves, you know, to like the, enjoying the process. For sure, for sure, and and you know, look. Um, Everybody around you is going to be proud of you, and you know, your family is proud of you. And you don't have to say it every day, but you know, that's something like, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. You know, he had you know, businesses and stuff. You know, I, you know, he recently passed away, so to me, I reflect on his life, and I go, you know, that you know, to me, he was a hero, right? Um, you know, hopefully, the people around you see you that way. They don't see you as always oh, working all the time, right? So they'll see you as you know, he's accomplished all this in his life, and he was dedicated to making that happen. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. Entrepreneurship is um, it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable. Um, mm. You know, it, uh, it, it it definitely requires a lot of a lot of risk and uh, you know. Even yeah, the good thing is like when we enjoy what we do. No, for sure, you have to. That's something. What would be your uh, uh, let's say the vision in, in California like this? Um, so yeah, so our vision is. Um, to focus on controlled environment agriculture and to bring in new technologies uh, to continually improve it, right? So we started with lighting. Uh, we're looking at other aspects of that uh, of that uh, you know, environment. So uh, the vision in long term is, is to see controlled environment agriculture as um, a way to solve world mm-hmm. hunger, right? It's, it's that simple. You yeah. Know? Yeah, at some point in the future, we're going to start running into all kinds of challenges with, with food supply. And, um, you know, to solve that, I think we will, I firmly believe that control of modern agriculture is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, we, we want to be an integral in, in that uh, revolution and coming up with new technologies to continually improve uh, control of modern agriculture. We're going to have the, uh, all the links to, to the website, to your social media accounts on the bottom of the, the description of the videos and also like the other platforms that we share sure. the videos. Is there anything you want to tell like the audience or the people who are, let's say, entrepreneurs or let's say, basically whatever you want to talk about now? If you want to talk about the people who are in your industry or your yeah, yeah, no, ideal mean, customer. Look, look um, I think we, <laughs> uh, I just want to you know, end on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know we talked about all the hard work and the dedication and being patient you know and, and that's fine uh, I think maybe mentally people need to be prepared for that but mm-hmm. let's also um, you know not discourage young people from uh, becoming entrepreneurs and yeah. starting businesses right so um, you know you you start something and you look at it one week, one month at a time. You don't look at it all oh, in ten years. Oh right. my God, it's going to take me this long to get there. Well, maybe it won't, right? And if somebody told you that you have to wait, you know, fifteen years for success to happen, maybe you'll be discouraged and you'll go, you know, forget it, because it may not. Maybe it'll happen in two months. Maybe it'll happen in five years. Maybe it'll happen right. in three years, right? So we you never know. We never know the future, yeah. right? Uh, we trust in your abilities, right? You always have to be confident in what you can do. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, work as hard as you can to get as far as you can. Now, of course, patience has to be there. You know, if you don't, if it doesn't happen in two months, you can't quit. Mm. Right? You know that's coming. Right? So, so that's the key. But um, yeah, I definitely don't want to discourage people. To yeah, that it's going to take you know that long. Yeah. To, to, I, I believe we need more positivity, and we need more. No, absolutely. But positivity is very, very, very important. Mm. Very important. Uh, I can't stress that enough. And um, you know, surrounding yourself with positive people also is very important. Right. Uh, in personal life as well as in business, mm. you know, if you have an opportunity to interview people, and you know, you, you want, to me, uh, the mental attitude is much more important than the skill set that they have. You can always, you know, teach them the skill set. You can always, you know, uh, they can improve on those. But if they don't have the mental attitude for the company that you're in, and the first thing is positivity, is you know, positive image and, and how they project themselves in front of customers. Very important for customer service. Very important for salespeople. You know, if they have a negative attitude, that, that's going to bring down your company you know, mm-hmm. and you start talking to them oh you know salespeople is very important this is one of the aspects so oh you know they'll always come up with an excuse why you know they weren't able to sell well the positive salesperson will tell you you know look you know i have yeah this one didn't work out but i have five others ones and i'm going to focus on those and you know tomorrow i'll come back to you with something right they don't tell you oh we lost this one because your product wasn't good and you know we, our competition did this or you know well i know i know all of that you know yeah. I hire you right. and if I had a product that sold it I always tell the sales guys listen if I had a product that sold itself I wouldn't need you yeah. <laughs> but, sure. you know the fact that we have a product that has these challenges is the reason why you're here to go and figure out a way to sell around that yeah you know, find the solutions to them like, yeah of course instead you know, of complaining of the absolutely. problems it also so yeah positivity is absolutely important you got to start with you you being positive all the time and um, you know projecting that on, on people that work around with you mm-hmm. so yeah, so I mean, the main message on the I mean, yeah, from our company standpoint, I think you can go to our website or, um, you know, we always have new products coming out. We're working on some new technology, some really exciting technology that we'll be announcing in the next few months uh, that we believe is going to revolutionize the, the horticulture industry. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Great. So the last point was the positivity. Absolutely. Great. Great. Uh, so it's been on an hour. And... Uh, I really appreciate you coming into the show. Sure, yeah. Really, okay. hope we can have you again like in the next episodes, maybe. Okay, great. Great. Thank you. Okay, thanks.